When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. You thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the urban sports scene. Listening to the urban sports scene, and we are part of Amphire Media at Amphiremedia.com. I'm Wole, and I'm here with my boy Will T. Ray Jeezy's out. Uh, we were supposed to have Brand Weinstein on the show, on the show, excuse me, but opening know, up happen. the A block. Yeah, I know. Open up the A block for real, but you know things happen. Schedule Absolutely. got busy, so we're gonna try to schedule him for next week. Yep. You know what I mean? So, and for all the listeners out there who you know wanted to listen to Bram and you know hear what he had to say about this football team. Every, we got re, we got we got headed into it. a prime time game, a bro, big no, game, a big game, playoff yeah. implications. I know, bro. We gonna have, we gonna remix it. We going we gonna remix the show. It's all good. I know I've been promoting Brand Weinstein and whatever, but still gonna happen. Things gonna happen. Anyway, man, Amp Fire Media hosts multiple DMV. Before I get into all that, well, it was good, bro. My bad. Everything's good, man. I'm, everything's copacetic on my end. Um, can't complain. Just in, um, gearing up for the holiday for the yeah, I got holiday season. I, I haven't done yet. By yeah, gearing up, I mean I'm a late Christmas. By, yeah, by gearing up, I mean starting to think about what I'm gonna get people for Christmas. Hey, bro, I just got. <laughs> I feel you. Got, I recently I, I made sure because I had an issue like couple, I last year for my girl. Like when I got her, I was late. Like so, I was last minute, and everything was on. What she wanted wasn't available on time. Oh, okay. So I was like, let me start a little early. So I learned from that. But for my nieces and all, all my relatives and stuff, I'm the same way. I'm always last minute. I'm always the week before Christmas. That's yeah. me. That's how I. That's how I am. You know what I mean? I'm consistent. <laughs> you know, I had to. I have to learn something new. When you got, you know, significant other, you got to learn something. Other I hear stuff or whatever. you. I hear you, man. But you know me. I'm always the last minute dude. I I err on last minute. But anyway, so let me get to the particulars right now anyway. Amp Pirate Media hosts multiple DMV sports podcast shows, such as the John Kine Report, hosted by ESPN Washington Commanders Insider John Kine, and Jones Football, hosted by USA Today Insider Mike Jones. You can subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Make sure you subscribe to the Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel as well. This show can be found on Podcast DC, the local app with hundreds of options of oh, excuse me. With hundreds of options and local news and health in the DMV region. Download Podcast DC app to hear all the Empire shows as well as other great content. Don't forget to tweet us at Urban Sports Scene. Hit us up on IG at Urban Sports Scene and like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Hey, check out our weekly uh, a weekly NFL picks on the Football Garbage Time website, which is, let I me mean, just go to www.footballgarbagetime.com. It's part of the Urban Sports Scene versus Football Garbage Time Challenge. <clears throat> also, join our Urban Sports Scene Facebook group. Search Urban Sports Scene, sports bloggers, sports podcasters, and sports debates. Will T. Let's get into our tradition of pregame. All right, first, we will talk about the Washington Commanders' big game against the New York Giants. It's it's, a, it's on Sunday night, prime time. So we'll discuss that um, at, you know, after, you know, and probably in the beginning of this hour. Um, at 8.20, Double Take Sports CEO and Wizards reporter Karita Parks will join us to talk about the Wizards losing to John Wall and the Clippers over the weekend. At 8.35, as part of our HBCU Corner segment, we'll preview the celebration bowl between the SWAC's Jackson State University versus the MEX, North Carolina Central University. We'll have Jamie Walker, HBCU announcer and analyst. And finally, we'll talk about Terrence Bud Crawford, TK Owen, David Avanasian in the sixth round. Wayne, Wayne and, Jer- I mean, and Jermaine from the Adams Boxing Show will join us to discuss the fight. All right, but first, I'll start it off. The Commanders and the Giants, they have their rematch Sunday night. 
on NBC. Well, like, I don't have the song. I wish I had the song. That'd be mm-hmm. awesome. That's probably, that's probably some copyright thing with that. Yep. All right. <laughs> you know that. I'm not normally scared of that either. You already know that, though. Yeah, I the, do. The Commanders are currently the fifth seed. Are they the fifth seed or the sixth seed? I believe it's six. I think the sixth seed. I like the sixth six. seed. They're the sixth seed in the NFC playoff race. How is the – how – and to, you, to me, for you uh, – well, Bram is calling. Hold on. We got Bram. Hold on. We do have Bram. So let's, let me patch Bram Yeah, in. so, yeah. Go well, ahead. No, I'm, I'll fill in while you uh, bring Bram in. We do have – we have Bram now. You want to fill in? No, I mean, no, if he's hey, here. Bram, okay, Bram. What's up, guys? All right, what's up, Bram? Okay, I can introduce, let me introduce Bram now correctly. All right, right now we have play-by-play voice of the Washington Commanders and founder of Amp Papyri Media, Bram Weinstein, on the line. What is up, Bram? Thank you for being on, too. We appreciate it. Hold on. How you guys doing? We're good. You're doing great, man. How about yourself? I'm good. good. All good. Back from the bye week. Refreshed. <laughs> So what how, what did you do during the bye week to keep to to to, to re energize yourself as you go into these last couple of weeks of a, hopefully a playoff stretch for the Washington Commanders? We went to Puerto Rico. Yes, <laughs> <sure did. laughs> got out of the cold, got onto the beach. It was nice. I know that's right. All right, so Brown, I'm, I'm ask you the first question about the game. Then um, the Commanders and the Giants have their rematch Sunday night on NBC. The Commanders are currently I think the fifth or sixth seed. I thought they were the they were the sixth seed. Bram, what's that? Are the Commanders the fifth or the sixth seed in the playoff in, in the current playoff? We're race? the sixth seed. Six we're the sixth seed with no real, realistic hope of getting the the five. Gotcha. I mean, Dallas would have to basically lose out. Also, so yeah. yeah, yeah. So so we're we yeah, six or seven is really what's in play. Okay. And um, right now we are the six. All right. So how? Okay. So how is this game for the Commanders? If in terms of their playoff hopes, if they lose this game, like what happens if they lose this game? Is it over for them, or is it if they win this nah. game? Okay, so okay, nah. not at all. I mean, like I, obviously, like they're they're really in charge of their own destiny if they win, and it really puts the Giants in a rough spot. Um, and in fact, like I would argue that all they'd have to do is win one more of their final three to get in. Likely is the six or the seven at that point. Um, if they lose this game. Uh, what they'll need is, and this will start tomorrow night, like you're going to want Seattle to lose San Francisco, uh-huh. um, and you need Detroit to lose a game. Um, because at that point, you know, Washington at 9-7-1 beats out a Detroit team with eight losses. Uh-huh. So, like, this isn't, like, this is not the end of the world if they lose, but it does feel like a playoff game, and it, it you know, Obviously, they could listen. The teams that they're playing in their final three, they could lose all of them. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, realistically, they're looking at one more win if they beat the Giants, and potentially two. And frankly, um, the idea that Dallas will have literally anything to play for when they play them in the final game seems preposterous right now. Bram, you talking about you? You, you mentioned that this is a um, lack of a better word. This is kind of like a playoff game for this team. Um, they had a quarterback who's taken them to the playoffs, Tyler, Taylor Heineke, and we know that uh, Carson Wentz is coming off of IR. Um, because you're so close to the team, do you get a do you notice that the way that the guys respond to Taylor Heineke opposed to Carson Wentz when he's behind when he's on, under center? Like I, I wouldn't describe it like. It, <laughs> I don't want this to come off like they don't like Wentz, you know, because it's right. not, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not, it's not black and white like that. Yeah. Like they, there's no dislike of him. Um, and what's interesting is like, because, you know, it's so easy to fall into that narrative because of what happened in Philadelphia, what happened in Indianapolis. And really, it's really more about like things clearly went sideways in Philadelphia. And then he goes to Indianapolis. And I think, I think anyone who follows this league at all knows that the owner had everything to do with him being traded after last year. Yeah, and in fact, like it was not a problem with his teammates. Like you can, we could parse out whether he performed really well for them or not, but like, it wasn't about chemistry or all that type of stuff that they were trying to portray that was going on. Um, and here, like I've seen not even a whiff of it, like really in the summer, he's been very engaged. He's not disliked. But there is clearly something about Heineke that galvanizes these guys. They like him, you know, like, and I, I don't underestimate that. Like, that's an important thing. Like, the chemistry on this team is as good as I've seen it in years. And he's part of that. Um, but here's, like, the bottom line. Like, the offense struggles to score points, uh-huh. hasn't performed particularly well in the red zone, rarely gets the ball down the field. Um, and so 
honestly, like the idea that Wentz won't play again this year, I don't think that that's really out of the question. It really depends on how they perform. Mm. And like, and, and for people who think there's going to be some kind of locker room revolt, there won't be like this team wants to win. Um, and they want to win with given what they believe is the best, you know, possible answers at every position that's available to them. I'm not advocating, you know, removing Heineke. I'm anyone who listens to my show or listens to me knows I'm like his biggest fan. And I kind of felt like they could win with him. Um, but I see the limitations like everybody else. And there's a reason why they brought Wentz in. There's just a higher ceiling athletically that he brings to them. And so I just, I think the bottom line is this, like it's Heineke's show. Uh-huh. Um, but if they lose this weekend, there's going to be a really interesting decision that's made on Monday or Tuesday. So you, you mentioned that, you know, Heineke has this thing about him and they play for him. What is it? Like, I'm trying to figure it out. What is it? I don't it? know. <laughs> Look, I don't know. I mean, I don't, you know, like, like, let me ask you a question. What makes somebody cool? Say it again. Say it oh, again. Well. Say it again. What, what makes, makes somebody cool? cool? Yeah, I think that's I what know. it is. I don't know. You're right. I think it's just a confidence. I don't know. No, I think and he's like, just cool. You know, I think he's just it cool. also that's depends on, like, the scenario. Mm. He's cool in this scenario. Yes. Like, Agreed. Would he be cool in a very different scenario? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. And it's funny, like, because, you know, when he's a free agent. So you know, there's going to be a decision to be made. And I personally don't believe someone's going to break the bank for him. If they, if they do, Godspeed and good luck. You know, but, like um, – but and the idea that he would go somewhere else and recreate this, I think, is a little, it's a little optimistic, you know, for my taste. This, for, what's going on here is it's actually it's funny. When they were one and four, and Ron Rivera was asked in what I thought was a pretty awkward press conference, "What's the difference between you and the other teams in your division who all have fast starts?" and he said, "Quarterback." Yeah. He's a quarterback, and yep. then. I know what he meant, but it came off like he was saying Wentz. He wasn't. He was saying having a quarterback who knows your system. And so it's almost like karmic justice that Wentz gets hurt and the quarterback who comes in who's clearly, you know, not as athletically skilled as Wentz succeeds because why? He's been working with Scott Turner for five years. Like, he knows the offense. Like, all this movement around, like – in the NFL, like, it's like the NFL suddenly became the NBA, where these stars want to go all these different places, right? Uh-huh. This is a highly coordinated game. Like, the idea that people could just go anywhere they want and just fit in and it'll just work is crazy to me. Like, this isn't the NBA, where some star goes to some new place and it's just basketball and there's only five guys on the court. Like, no. Like, it doesn't work like that. And Heineke's understanding of the offense shows up over and over and over and over. And his skill position players also have rewarded him because he has made some unbelievably risky plays that they have rewarded him for. I don't know about that, Bram. Some people will retort that uh, Baker Mayfield came in and lit it up Thursday um, and lit it up for the for the Rams off of two days of practice. But I understand what you're saying. Let me ask you this: back to the what's game. the Rams record? <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 Bram, better off, better better off. Who was their who was their head coach coordinator? Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, well, well back well, to you know, and and also, what's the Raiders' record? That's a good point. That's a, that's a point. I mean, that's a. I mean, I, score one for you. I give you that. All right, uh, back to the game. What do you think are the, is going to be the most pivotal matchup on Sunday night for Washington to be able to um, not get a tie, not lose, but to win against the New York Giants? Uh, I would say. Defensively, can they prevent Daniel Jones from hurting him running the ball? Um, whether it's him scrambling or it's him, um, you know, with designed runs where he is really dangerous. Like he's, this is, and it's probably, it's probably the most dangerous thing they do now because they don't throw the ball down the field very much. Um, partially probably because of, you know, lack of skill position people. They've had a lot of people juggling at wide receiver. Um, their offensive line has been porous. So they give up a lot of sacks, a lot of pressure. Um, Jones is apt these days to be to look to me like a one-read quarterback, um, where if he doesn't see what he likes, he takes off. And but he is fast, um, you know. So I think defensively, if they can limit him on the ground and get him to turn the ball over once or twice, we're in really good shape. Offensively, it's a couple things, and this is something that's been ongoing for weeks. Um, they got to do better in the red zone. Like they get down there and. It's, they started the season, they were like 7 of 8 scoring touchdowns. They're now 18th in the league scoring touchdowns when they get in the red zone. 
two weeks ago, the opening drive, Heineke just misses a wide-open Logan Thomas. Would have been a touchdown. Uh-huh. They get a second chance at it. Brian Robinson inexplicably runs out of bounds when <laughs> inside the five. And then, well, they're inside the five with a first down, and they still can't score. Uh-huh. Like, this is happening over and over and over. The red zone offense needs to improve because clearly this is not a team that is built the way it is right now with the quarterback that they have and the offensive line that they have to be a team that's explosive. So when they get their chances, they can't leave points on the field. Like they just, they can't afford it because they're on a razor thin edge and every game is close. And it takes a couple of, in my opinion, two, you know, a week and a half ago, bad calls that went against them. And all of a sudden that stuff hurts them more than it might hurt other good teams. And I do believe this is a good team. Because the margin for error is small. So if there's any improvement I want to see, they got to be better in the red zone. They go three for three in the red zone, they win this week. I have a couple of questions from on our social media platforms. Uh, Cameron um, on Twitter said, he has a question for you, Brown. He says, assuming if the commanders make the playoffs, can they be a threat to anyone in the NFC? Well, they already beat the Eagles. They're the only one to do it. So I would say, sure. That didn't sound too convincing. You know, like you know, like I don't want to put anything past them. I do. I think they have a good team. I think they have a tough team. I don't think they're the. I don't think they're like. I don't think they're the type of team. And I won't name the others, but there are a couple that may make the playoffs that I think will go out very fast Uh if they play certain teams. I don't think Washington is that. In fact, I think Washington is one of those teams you don't want to play Uh in the playoffs. If you are, if you are a home team where there's going to be all this pressure to win and you're taking on someone who holds teams to 17 points and every game comes down to a final possession, you want to play them? So mm-hmm. I do think they're dangerous in that way. What they're not is explosive. Mm-hmm. So that's what's problematic for me, and that's what I think is kind of missing. Um, but it really depends on the matchup. Like, if they end up getting Minnesota in the first round, who, who thinks they can't beat them? Like, mm-hmm. I do. And then all of a sudden, they're in the divisional round, and they might be playing a division team. And that looks very different if that's how it plays out. Gotcha. So our, se- our second question is from, Re- from Reginald. Uh, he, has, he, has, he asks, what players will have the biggest impact on the game? Offensive line, defensive linemen, wide receiver, DBs. Which, which players? Uh, for the game this weekend? Yeah, this weekend. So um, I am very interested to see how much Chase Young actually plays because I do expect him to play. Uh-huh. Um, I don't want to put anything, any kind of pressure, like I expect him to do this or do that. I'm just very interested to see what he does at all. Okay. Uh, so, so that could be interesting. And it's a wild card because the truth is when he does walk on the field, he's the best a- athlete on the field. So, you know, it's, it's impossible to know what he's capable of until we see it. Um, Montez Sweat playing, and right now that is in question, is a big deal to me, like a really big deal. Yeah, when we talk about Daniel Jones running, we want formidable people on the edge. Him playing is a big deal. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, they are down to what I would describe as one viable starting linebacker, and Jamin Davis had a thumb procedure done. He's going to play, but I think that's a big deal because yeah. what we're talking about is can you stop the – can you limit the Giants' run game? And if you can do that, I think you're going to win. Um, and that comes down to containing the edge with Jones and being strong up the middle, and that's Davis. So those are the big question marks to me that I have concerns about. Offensively, I'll just kind of go back to, I'm going to put it on Scott Turner. When you get in the red zone, score. <laughs> like, <laughs> score. Yeah, you score 21 points this week, you should win. That should be enough. Mm-hmm. So you'll get a couple of opportunities in the red zone. I don't care who gets it in the end zone. Uh-huh. Score. Yeah, I agree with you. Well, Bram, thanks for being on. Is there anything you want to add before we let you go? Uh, I love talking to you guys. So, <laughs> Bram, we like talking to you we too, love- man. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, All right, you guys coming to the game or no? I won't be there, but I, we, we, we're going to be. I'm going to be watching the game and, and cursing the storm probably. Come on, man! Like, <laughs> all right, for all, everybody's listening. This is the biggest game we've had at this stadium in a, in a while. while. Yeah, no, it's absolutely. True. Show up, everybody. I, 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 show I, up. Everyone should show up. It's, I have like personal, re- I mean, family reasons why. It's nothing against. Like, I would love to be there. I just can't be there. But yeah, every, right. I'm with you, Bram. Everyone should show up. All, right. all the people who are listening, <laughs> re- come on. Like, it's time. Yeah. Put everything aside. Show up. Like, they're playing an NFC East rival that's basically a playoff game. We haven't had one of these in a while. No, Show up. Sunday night, primetime. Yeah. Sunday night. Yeah, yeah I, look, I'm rooting for them. I'm, 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 look, I'm, 
want this game bad. Believe me, Brian, I want this game bad. All right. Uh, the one thing I'm surprised by is I did not get a question about how we're going to trade for Lamar Jackson. In the look, I'm not, I know. I know I'm not doing that to you. I'm not doing that to you. <laughs> only, because time, only because of time. That's the only reason why I'm not doing got it. it. Believe me. All right, guys. <laughs> All, right, All right. Thanks, man. Bless you, <laughs> yeah, Ram knows we love Lamar Jackson here. We love Lamar. All right. <laughs> All, right. All right. I think it was Korea trying to get yes. on. Anyway, hey, well, finally, we'll, I'll, we'll go to the next segment. Actually, you know what? Let's, let's just go into it now. Yeah, let's yeah, go right into it. Yeah, let's go right into it. Let me, uh, actually, let me call Karita now. All right. Um, okay. As you, as Wole, I'll fill in as you get Karita on the phone. Yeah. Um, up next, you know, we'll we'll talk. We'll have an interesting discussion about John Wall's return to the Capital One Arena. Yeah. Um, he proclaimed after a exciting, you know, off of a fast break, a crossover of Corey Kispert, and he not, knocked down a jumper. He said, "This is still my city. It's, 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 it's his effing city. It's, it's his effing it city. It is John Wall City. And who's going? Who was in the building? You know who was in the building? Korea Parks in the building. Right now, we have Double Take Sports Washington. Where's this reporter? Korea Parks on the line. Karita is is also she's also founder of Double Take Sports and she is also the co-host of the Triple W podcast. What is good, Karita? What's up? How y'all doing? Hey, doing good, good. Parks. Hey, hey, Will Will pretty much broke it down over the weekend. John Wall and the Clippers beat the Wizards one one fourteen to one oh seven. Um, yeah, but Capital One his 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 return to to Capital One with fans in the building. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. How was that environment? Oh, man, like the energy in the arena was just so crazy. It's like he can still bring the energy to the arena, even though he's not here anymore. Listen, it was very, very live. Oh, this is dope. Hey, Korean, it's wild. We're on Twitter. John Wall just liked this tweet, too. My tweet, right? Yeah, he just liked the tweet about, well, the tweet about you about to be, yeah, about you about to be on. Oh, for real? Yeah, John Wall just liked the joint. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like John Wall. Because he be looking out. John Wall be looking out. Still Wall a city. Still a city. Still a city. I, I mean, for real, yeah. I would say in my short time covering the Wizards, he, he has been like someone who does interact with the tweets. Mm-hmm. Um, as of recent, like Monte Morris does too, but y'all really see that that often. Yeah, I'm so, well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this question, Karita. Um, all right, you had John Wall came in, um, you know, mm-hmm. beloved in the city, in the city yes. by this fan yes. base. Um, also, subsequently, the, I think a Sunday before that, Anthony Davis came into Capital One Arena with the Lakers, yeah, and he had a dominant performance. And you heard throughout the crowd chants of MVP. Yeah. How is it possible that two guys from LA <laughs> have gotten so much love at Capital One Arena and the fans don't provide a at least somewhat intimidating home court presence <laughs> for this team? Okay, so John Wall, I think we gotta give a pass on that, right? I'll, I'll give a pass. I'll give a pass he on that. He left one. so abruptly that there was really no, you know, fans were shocked. Everybody was not expecting that trade. So he never had that opportunity to come back in front of fans. So now it's been like two years. So I think fans was like ready for that moment. So, okay, we'll get John Wall pass. Now the Anthony Davis, yes. What was crazy about that game is literally there were so many Laker fans. We own, in we own the, it. I we own it. We own that. It was ridiculous. I was really, and I mean, for real, I was looking at the Wizards like, man, that's gotta be, I was looking at the players like, dang, that's gotta be, that's gotta it's be some situation. Like the Lakers fans <laughs> were very dominant at that game. Very dominant at that game. It was it was literally crazy to me. But we, hey, we, but we're real talk. Like did, when Kobe was here, the same. Yeah, thing no, happened. I get it. I get LeBron it. Does I, it all the time. I get it. Here. I get it. You but know. it does say something. I think to answer your question, because I, I guess I didn't really directly answer your question. Um, it does say something because with the Wizards, it's like you have to put a product on the floor exactly. that fans can buy into. And they have this, they're starting to get into that same issue that they had last season where it's like they start off okay. I mean, last year they started off better. This year it wasn't as strong, but they were still in there, right? 
and now they've gone on this stretch, this losing streak. I'm going to so take- you have to put a product on the court that fans want to buy into, and if you're not doing that, you're going to either see a half empty arena or an arena dominated by the other team's fans. I'm going to sh- I'm going to show my age because um, I remember. And, and when I was younger, I like when you when, I'm about to show my age. I love, I love no, I, I, when, when this, when this like team, this, when I this, when this team was the Bullets, <laughs> how you know to advertise to get people to come to the games, they would advertise the opponent who was coming into town, right? Yeah. Because this team wasn't putting on a winning a winning product on the floor. It almost remind, and, and that's not, and that shouldn't be the case with this team here because you have <laughs> you have an all star um, like Bradley Bill, you have mm-hmm. a a dom- a dominant offensive player like Christoph Porzingis. Right? Yes. And you have some other pieces around those guys where I would think that fans would start to buy into this team, but it seems as if it, the fans will only buy in if, if this team is, you know, top three in the East come Christmas. I don't even know if it's that. I feel like if they were – I mean – I don't know. Yes, over time, you definitely have to, like, improve. But I think if this team was just, like, being competitive, consistently competitive, that I think fans would still support what they have. Because, like you said, they have pieces. They, KP, Kuz, um, Bill, like, you have it. So I think if there was some consistency, then I don't think you would see the support – kind of decreased so much but the problem with this team thus far is that they cannot remain consistent well i, I to me i i it's, it's always puzzling to me right because i know that this team has a this town has a obsession with the football team right the washington commanders like the yes, thick and thin, yes. no matter if they're winning or losing no matter what people will right. support but if you think about historically dc is a basketball town and i would think that fans would no matter what, support an NBA franchise like such as the Wizards because this it's is a, a basketball this town. is a basketball town. But it's not a basketball winning yeah. town, huh? It's not a basketball winning town. It's, it, it doesn't that's have the, to be. It doesn't have problem, to be. Though. But you would think that this is this this town or this region rather, argue, has produced so many NBA yeah, stars. I would argue to say that it's been more of a collegiate basketball town. Because yeah. the college, because the college programs have all have been very to our and even if you look at the, most of the eighties, you're right. When like when we were younger, like we weren't even born or conceived, they won a championship, right? Right. But if you look at in terms of consistent winning and and just like the people you named, in terms of even like the the, the players that have been homegrown here, right? Mm-hmm. And and some of them have went to like the University of Maryland. Some of them went to Georgetown. You know what I mean? Like there's a reason why when we were growing up. We only cared about the college about team. Your, yeah, well, we didn't care no, about. No, I can't say that. I cared look, about. I, care, I cared about the bullets. I mean, you cared, but you didn't. Care, you weren't involved. You weren't <laughs> invested like you were invested in the college team. That's true. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, dude, like I had cable. I watched Lito Eccles and thought he was good. Nah, Michael Adams. Nah, bro. Nah, nah. <laughs> folks, Calvert Chain. Calvert Chain. Nah, folks. Don were, McClain. Nah, nah, Tom Gugliotta. Yeah, bro. We, two folks are still loving Mike, right? <laughs> nah, I don't want to hear that. Nah, we even know we didn't do that here. Like over here, like so, I think if the Wizards, if the Wizards for for the next generation, right, mm-hmm. had the model of consistency, like say what, what was going on with John Wall, what he was bringing, and how consistent they were doing, going to the postseason, um, having great out, outings in the postseason, like they didn't win the championship, but they threat people, right? People were right. like, oh, they coming. If they did that for in a consistent way, that's, I think the Wizards would have a big like their fan base would grew up grew b- bigger. Look, for instance, let's get let's be let's keep it real. Look how love beloved John Wall is. And it's mm-hmm. because he got W's here too. You know, I mean he led he got if he was losing like Michael Adams, we wouldn't be holding him in the same <laughs> regard, dog. Like the same for Gilbert Arenas. There's a reason why Gil is so beloved here. Mm-hmm. It's like he was he was successful and he was going against giants and dogs and doing it. Not only that, but Gil was a man of the people. Yes, Gil, that people, too. You gotta be a man of people. And, and I think that's that's but also you gotta be and so was John Wall. Yeah, and that was about to be good, but you gotta be an element of success too. You could be the man of people and be and, oh, and not do nothing. If you don't do nothing with the team, it's not gonna go oh, with so And far. this isn't a knock against him, yeah. but Bradley Bill thus far. I, I wouldn't he's not a guy who enjoys the limelight, enjoys he's not, the personality. So he so most people would say he's not a man of the people. I agree. I agree. But he's still 
probably the second or third best player at his position in the NBA. But again, what is that? But where where is the team success with that? Like when he was when he was even when he was even when he was here, he wasn't he wasn't Batman. Like when he was but here, and they were doing, you, he wasn't Batman. You, to me, you gotta have a level of of Korea. You want to say, some of you want to say Korea? I'm sorry. Oh no, no, I was just gonna say. I mean, I think I was kind of on the same page or same vein as you. But I think also there's an element of frustration that I do pick up from fans when it comes to Brad Bradley Beal's game, and that's his, how he plays in the clutch. Mm-hmm. He turns ball over. He's, you know, I mean, he has his moments yeah. where he does what he needs to be done, but he also has a lot of times where he's not necessarily dependable as he should be in those clutch moments so i mean when you think about john wall like wall is gonna like he was going to drive to the basket he was gonna like break his back to try to get that winning play and that's the same thing with gilbert arenas like when when he had brad on his podcast he was like yo you're way more <laughs> generous than i am like i you know he said he, he was selfish like he was like i'm gonna try to get the winning shot he's like i and he was like talking about karan butler being open and they were just showing a clip and he was like, "I want Karan wasn't about to be the hero, but that takes a certain mindset, right?" Yeah, this is true. This is true. Eric on the show was like, "Good point about college basketball." And I'd rather, I'd rather see the Lady Terps than the Wizards. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> oh, man. come on now, that's crazy. That's Why crazy. Yeah, they won a championship, but I'm yeah. saying that, that's crazy. That's though. what I'm this saying. The, 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 the are, best of the best look, players Wizard fan, in, look, Will, in the world. Look, Will, you said it. They cheered. They cheer Anthony Davis and LeBron and not their own. You said it. Like, it's there, those bro. Those weren't Wizards fans. Those were not Wizards fans. Then, then, who had the game then? Not Wizards fans? They're not, they're not going to games? Those were yellow jerseys. I mean, there were a lot of yellow jerseys in there, yeah. straight up. Oh, my man said they won a championship game. or two. That's my man said. They won a championship or two. Like he's talking about the Lady Turks. Yeah, yeah, like, I, yeah, I get it. You know I man? get it. But Look, I, I, just find <laughs> it, I just find it crazy that uh, a team, Nine, ten, ten, a team ten, that ten, comes ten, here ten, once a year. A, t- a team that comes here once a year could look, man. This is we do. Could dominate. We suck the, right hold now. Hold on, hold on. Let me go. Go. I mean, don't don't skip don't don't skip Bayless me, man. Nah, I mean, you know, uh, no. Nah, I just find, I, I find it crazy that a team could come here once a year and get that what that good of a turnout yeah. where it will drown. Where you can hear the the chance of MVP drown out the home crowd. I just find that crazy, especially in this region, knowing that it's a basketball region. Oh, it is. It is a basketball mm-hmm. region. This is true. Hey, Karina, man, I, we appreciate you being on. Uh, before we let you go, um, let our listeners know, know how they can catch you on social media, and please tell them about all of your, your ventures right now. Yeah, you can catch me on social media at Karina C. Parts. Also, you can follow my company, Double Take Sports. That's at DBL Take Sports. I'm also writing. You can catch my Wizards content on Double Take Sports, but also SI.com, Inside the Wizards. And like you said, there's Triple Dub Pod. Um, I think that covers it. All right, Karina. All right, go ahead. You go ahead and party now. I saw what you was doing. Go ahead and party. Leave me alone. Anyways. <laughs> now I'm done now. Are you done now? <laughs> yeah, I was like, let me go ahead and get home so I can do this call. Hey, I appreciate you, Karina. We go appreciate you, Karina. No right, problem. Shots, shots on wheel. All right, take it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know about that one. Hey, again, follow Karina on Twitter, at Karina C. Parks. That's at Karina C. Parks. All righty. Um... Is North Carolina Central being disrespected? HBCU announcer and analyst Jamie Walker will join us to talk about the Celebration Bowl matchup between Jackson State and North Carolina Central after the break. It's the urban sports scene for ages you dig on Empire Media. That's EmpireMedia.com. Dot com. <laughs> Yeah. 
same building, living like a mess. Pack four miles and wear the deck and bet that shouted you and me can ride over to the other side. It's how these motherfuckers die. First make a prank call and get the kids out the house. Ain't trying to kill no kids, I'm gonna turn it lights out. You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Wole and Will T, and we are part of Amp Papyrus Media and AmpPapyrusMedia.com. All right, it's time to hit the HBCU corner, man. We're hitting that corner, bro. The corner? The corner, man. Okay. Like, like, be more the corner. It's like, right now, we we are joined by HBCU announcer and, and analyst Jamie Walker. J- What's up, Jamie? And welcome to the urban sports scene. Thank you all for having me, Wole and Will. Hey, glad to be on. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jamie. We appreciate having you on, sir. Yeah, thank you so much. But So before we go into the, the, the topic matter at hand, uh, the, the Celebration Bowl, can you tell our listeners about your background in various projects? Um, I mean, you are the announcer. I mean, you are an announcer, and you host multiple, like, HBCU shows on HBCU+. Plus. So, like, the floor is yours. Wow, man. Um, actually, I've been in this game about 20 years. Wow. Uh, tw- over 20. Uh, started off as an announcer in the high school scene, kind of covering recruiting. Uh, graduated from North Carolina A&T. Nice. Um, and then, and then after, yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. And then, uh, <laughs> and then after that, um, my first job dealt in sports cause I, um, dealing in, in coaching and education. And so, um, I kind of delved into, um, the arena of recruiting and also, um, sports coverage. So, you know, did some stuff with, um, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, and some newspapers around here, uh, in the Atlanta metro area. Um, Went on to start doing, you know, uh, PA announcing, play-by-play, color analyst. Kind of delved into it all, man, over the last 20-plus uh, years, man. And now, uh, currently, I'm still freelancing somewhat. I've worked uh, with the SIAC um, and ESPN uh, doing play-by-play and color for their football coverage, along with the Black College Sports Network uh, and Jericho Broadcasting. So... That's kind of what I do right now, man. Just in the, in love with the uh, the craft of play by play and color. Hey, play by play is so complicated. I tried it once, like doing a baseball game. Like I somebody just drag was the first to drag me on just to do a play by play. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, a lot of preparation it's, goes it into it, man. So, you gotta remember. It's so hard. I, I commend anybody who does it. Man, a lot of facts about the players and you yeah. know the coaches and everything. All right, but Jamie, let's talk about why we have you here this Saturday on December seventeenth. The Celebration Bowl, Coach Prime and Jackson State, 12-0. and 0, um, They, uh, out of the SWAC, take on the 9-2 North Carolina Central Eagles out of the MEAC. How do you see this game going? Well, first of all, um, this is a, a complicated matchup in general. Mm-hmm. If it was just about the football, it would be complicated. Oh, but right. I think you're, you're dealing, yeah, yeah you're, you're dealing with a lot of moving parts. Uh, when it comes to everything that's going on, um, especially when it comes to Jackson State. I think North Carolina Central definitely has an advantage in just the calm department when it comes to just everything going on with them. They've been, you know, out of play for about, you know, three weeks. They've been sitting back and just watching everything going on. Um, and, and really the MEAC has had that advantage in general just based on how their conference is set up. Uh, so Jackson State, I think, comes in with the talent. Uh, not to say North Carolina Central is not talented as well, but when it comes to Coach Prime and his and his style of being able to recruit, especially being able to recruit depth, um, they have a lot of players. Those that are still there because they have some, you know, some players that, that had to make some decisions. So I don't think they come in at, at full roster strength, but I think the core nucleus still comes in. Uh, so I think they'll be fine. But this is going to be tough, man, because just because of the 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 football in general, I, I think you got, you know, two distinctive matchups, two distinctive styles of football 
both offensively and defensively and counting those special teams too. I think you got, you know, some things going on where I'm not going to say, even though the, the pundits say, you know, right now, you know, Jackson State is favored by 16 points, which is unbelievable yeah. to me. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I think it's a little bit closer than that. 16 points, that's a lot. I mean, considering that, you know, uh, Coach Prime has been going back and forth, we all know that he's accepted the position in Colorado, and he's also teaching, um, coaching a team in um, Jackson State um, through the Celebration Bowl. Let me ask you this. Do you think that with so much that's going on in flux with him, that some of his attention will be taken away from this game because he has so many things going on? And then also – You know what? Normally – No, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. My apologies, brother. Oh, no, you're good. Um, normally, I would say yes on a football team because whenever you're doing any kind of coaching, if, if you're a coach of any sport, you can't stand distractions. True. Um, but this team has always had people in their face. Um, they don't shy away from the limelight. They don't shy away from uh, people being around and asking questions. They don't shy away from media. So I think they're not your normal run-of-the-mill football team when it comes to, you know, focusing on, on just football. I think they've always had those kinds of things around them that could be distracting. But I think uh, that staff, Coach Prime and, and others, have done a good job. Their, their mottos have been, you know, focus, you know, on what we control and also, you know, focus on finishing and making the main thing the main thing. That's what you've been kind of hearing those buzzwords out of that camp all week. Uh, really last couple of weeks. So I, I think they'll be fine. Uh, I don't think this will be too much of a distraction because this is a business, a business-like ball club. So I think they'll be just fine. Yeah, but you mentioned being like six, being 16-point underdogs. Like, do you feel – and I guess, I mean, from what I'm hearing, I think you do, but the disrespect for Coach Oliver's and, and Coach Oliver and North Carolina Central um, – like how? I mean, how much disrespect, and how can you use that as like fuel for this game? Because a lot of people, even oh, they gonna ride are, that disrespect. Because even the pundits, yeah, they gonna ride that disrespect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, they gonna ride that disrespect. I was um, I was at me at media day, mm-hmm. and I, 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 one of you know, a publication picked them to finish. I think second or third, and he had already had smoke for them anyway, saying our ball club is better than that. They've been riding that disrespect card the entire year, and I don't expect it uh, to stop now going into this ball game. But they're a solid ball club, very talented both offensively and defensively. And so when you look at the way their team is set up and really just the attitude that Trey Oliver gives them, uh, you're talking about a head coach that, you know, has implemented his style, has been there, has turned that culture around for that football team, and I think this was the payoff year, and you see that. Uh, last year, they were in a lot of ball games uh, and, and had the opportunity to win that conference, but could not finish. One of their mottos going into the season was for them to finish, to mature, and to be able to polish off what, what polish off basically the work that they put in to, to go ahead and win the MEAC and just go further. Now, they had to slip up against South Carolina State, uh, well, but I think. That's a tough team. <laughs> it is always they are always tough but I think they'll be ready for this team they'll be ready for this game mm. so like you know for for our listeners who are, aren't familiar with you know uh North Carolina, North Carolina Central because everyone's talking about you know you know Sanders the quarterback for uh Jackson State who, who on this team should folks be looking at or be worried about what do say folks Jackson State should be worried about on, on this squad well, of course, offensively, they should be worried about um, Davies Richard. When you're talking about a signal caller that's been there since his freshman year, uh, you're talking about a, a, a just a stalwart in that system. He's run that system to perfection uh, this year, especially when it comes to just being a leader, uh, big quarterback. Uh, his passing ability has, has definitely improved this season. Uh, throwing for, for over um, 2,400 yards, but also his rushing ability, his ability to use his legs and keep the chains moving had, has been really a, a bright light for that offensive squad as well. Uh, so I think they'll be, you know, just fine uh, as far as what they're able to do. 
offensive line was one of those key things they wanted to go into the season. They wanted to get bigger, stronger, faster, and I think they did that. Uh, they've been able to run the football effectively with both the running back and uh, Richard, so I think they'll be fine offensively. But defensively, one of the surprises Khalil Baker, to be perfectly honest with you, because Brandon Cogginson was one of those – he was preseason all me at. And, you know, coming into the ball – you know, coming to the season – he was supposed to be that person in the secondary. I think for Central, their back half is their strength of their ball club. They run a three-three-five system, but Baker has been able to flourish and has won MIAC Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, so that is an experienced group that's going against a group that likes to throw the football. So I think when you look at those kind of matchups going into this ball game, I think Central is the forgotten about team. But they definitely have some players in all three facets of the game. That, that'll that be dangerous. All right, Jamie, we're going to get you out of here on one more question. Um, being that this, this, this game, the Celebration Bowl, is so, you know, it's being talked about and there's so much attention paid to it. And you being the HBCU graduate and you being an announcer and analyst for HBCU um, sports, how much pride or enjoyment do are you getting out of HBCU's um, one lap I'm not going to say one last time, but again, getting the opportunity to shine on this big platform for the Celebration Bowl. It is our Super Bowl. Uh, when it comes to, to historically black colleges and universities, I know there are some that are not you know, involved in HBCU conferences, my alma mater being one of them, um, Tennessee State being another one um, that's out of it. But this is the HBCU Super Bowl. When it comes to our conferences coming together, in front of the bright lights in Atlanta, Georgia, on primetime TV. You know, it, it can't get any better uh, when it comes to highlighting what we, what we bring and what we display to the rest of the world. Um, it should be respected. It's definitely respected. And, and, and should continue to be respected. So make sure that all eyes are on this game. Man, that's an, uh, that's an amazing endorsement that you, got, that you just gave for the Celebration Bowl, man. It is, I mean, it's the truth, though. It is the truth, man. It's a, it's, it is our Super Bowl. It is. I mean, shout, yes, and, it I, is. and I do want to say this, though. Like, there should be a lot of pressure on, like, Coach Prime and, and whatnot. Because last, you know, last year they played South Carolina State, and, you know, they had all the attention, too. You know, yeah. Jackson State had all the attention, and they got smacked. You know what I mean? So, to me, yes, like, they did. They, this, should, this is not – just because you're playing the MIAC, you, you know, the SWAC gets so much – and no knock on I'm not hating on the SWAC. I'm not going to do that. I'm not, I, know, I know folks from, from the SWAC. But – <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, you know, Swag gets all the attention in terms of the football programs. They get all the attention. They do. But, you know, if you look at they the Celebration do. Bowl and look at the, look at the resume, who's been, winning, who's been winning those Celebration Bowls? Just look at the resumes. It says it right there. It's right there. MIAC. The MIAC. Yep. So I'm just saying, like, there's a lot. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on Prime to, to go out. Coach Prime, give him respect. Coach Prime to go out on something that he started. Like, he brought a lot of attention and momentum to HBCUs, and I love it, and I love him for him. I don't think he owes anybody anything. But I do think to close this thing out correctly and to feel like you really closed this job down, you got to win this game. I'm sorry. You got to win this game. Absolutely. I think South Carolina State um, harnessed, I mean, you know, harnessed some of that energy last year yes. going into that ball they did. game. They did. Um, along with a great game plan. Yes. Like, do not underestimate what Buddy, you know, head coach Buddy Pugh and that staff put together to win that ball game. They played the almost perfect game to win on uh, that matchup last year and just beat, you know, Jackson State thoroughly. So we'll see if the same thing repeats. Yeah, I know. I, I totally agree. Well, Jamie, thanks for being on. Is there anything else you want to plug, man? The floor is yours if you, if you want to. Hey, look, look, going, hey, going to Black College Sports Network, uh, trying to expand our coverage. Um, just recently, you know, acquired Morehouse. So, so you know, we're trying to expand the coverage to everyone. Make sure you go on um, uh, myjbn.net and and see what we're doing, uh, Black College Sports Network. And as far as me, you'll hear me wherever. Follow me on Twitter at SportVoiceJW. I'll be at the Celebration Bowl giving you those highlights. Awesome. Love I it. Appreciate hey, you, Hey, Jamie, man. thank you so much. We appreciate it. Appreciate y'all too, man. Y'all be good. All right, take All right. care. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you so All right, much. You too. Thank you. Uh, again, make sure you follow Jamie on Twitter. That's at Sports Voice JW. That's at Sports Sports Voice JW. All right, we're closing it out with an exciting conversation, much like Bud like Bud Crawford knocked out Abby <laughs> Nassim. 
Um, we'll have Adam's boxing show, Wayne and Jermaine. They'll join us to talk about the fight after the break. It's the, it's the Urban Sports Scene. But I just... You dig? Doses. On Empire Media. That's EmpireMedia.com. Listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Wole and Will T, and we are part of Amplifier Media at AmplifierMedia.com. We're waiting on our guests, but we'll we'll get to that. No, later. I mean, I mean we. We'll okay, no, 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 we'll introduce him once he gets on. But yeah. yeah, go ahead. You said. All right, but we, I know we're talking about boxing, but mm. did you see the explosive, potentially explosive, on-air fight between Skip and Shannon the other day? Yeah, I saw. I think that's it's that one minute has gone viral. Yeah, that one, yeah, that one minute is everywhere. Everyone. And I think people are using, like, some people use Jalen Rose as an example. Like, Shannon, you should have been like Jalen. You should have just, like, hurt his soul, hurt Skip's soul. You remember Jalen yeah, said about Skip? Water pistol Pete. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then they show one with uh, Richard Sherman. They were like, how Richard Sherman went at yeah. you. Skip, you should have, like, go that route. But, you know, but, but I, Shannon was hurt, though. You could see it. He like, was he hurt. Could, I mean, you could tell yeah. Shannon loves this guy, has loyalty towards yeah. him. And he's like, yo, like, you would disrespect me. me. For Tom Brady, a guy you don't even know, and some and some ratings. Yeah, he wasn't lying though. I mean, like, that's true. Uh, like just because you're trying to make a point, you're trying to disrespect me for Tom Brady. Yeah. Like I was with him. Like I, I was like, that's not even the most disrespectful part. Mm-hmm. The most disrespectful part was put your glasses back on. I was just like, you, you know Yo. what? Yeah, I didn't, look, no, I'm gonna tell you this. I didn't pay attention to that until somebody pointed it out to me. Like I didn't really look at it like anything. And then when I pointed point out to me, I'm like, that. Sounds kind of like it's Boss. gonna sound messy. It's gonna sound real, yeah, master, like, yeah, master. Some master stuff. <laughs> I'm sorry, it just it came across that way. To Put me. your glasses no, back on. At first, you know, I, and I don't ever, I don't, I'm, I never think that way or talk that way. You like saying, "All right, always bring like race into it or whatever." But, but to me, it, but it it just goes to show you that there's a difference between um, how yeah. some, you know, within yeah. different. Social, economic, yeah, ethnicity, backgrounds. You know, like you talk. Some people talk to each other differently. I agree. I just thought it was kind of weird. But I think our guest is here, so let me introduce our guest. But that's a good one, though. That's I, that's something I was going to mention. Ovechkin too. I was going to kind of fry you with that. No, I was going to fry you because it's not on the it's not <laughs> on the, it's not on the outline. I know. Hey, right now we are joined by host of the Adams Boxing Show, Wayne and Jermaine. What's up, Wayne and Jermaine? And welcome to the Urban Sports Center. Definitely appreciate you for having us, my brother. Thank you guys for having us. Absolutely. 
you know, I'm, I'm glad to have you on. We've been talking on Twitter. You know what I mean? We, you know, we we, we all we both yep. located in DMV. We both talk sports. We talk uh boxing. So it's it, it, I think it's dope yeah, to have you on. Yeah, definitely, definitely. We're definitely looking forward to this one, man. Definitely had to get on with some of my D&D brothers on this one. Appreciate y'all. So before we get into, like, talking, before we start talking about the fight, hey, Jermaine and Wayne, um, let our folks know about um, Adam's Boxing Show and you know, on YouTube and plug anything you want to about it. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely, man. We got the Twitter brother right now, Adam's Boxing Show. We got the YouTube Adam's Boxing Show, man. We're just two twin brothers, man, out of Clinton, Maryland, man. We love boxing. Boxing is in our DNA. Our father was a big boxing fan. He loved Mark Tushop Johnson, Muhammad Ali, Ray Leonard, uh, Mike Tyson, man. He, man, he, he's a big fan. Yeah, he had us watching... Uh, Black and white tapes of Jack Johnson. So we go back a long time when it comes to boxing. Even though we're not that old, we go back a long ways when it comes to boxing. So we're an unbiased uh, boxing channel giving you um, the best the best authentic talk you're going to get. is no no further than us. Yeah, and we talk about the history as well. That's one thing we do. We, we take it all the way back. So. All right, fellas. Well, this past Saturday at the Shy Health Center in, o- in Omaha, Nebraska, Terrence Bud Crawford TKO David Avanasson in the sixth in the sixth round. Wayne, we'll start with you first. What do you think? What do you think of uh, Crawford's performance? It was a brilliant performance. You know, he did what I expected him to do. I expected him to put David Avanasson to sleep, and that's exactly what he did. You know, David Avanasson is a good fighter, but you know, it's levels to this man, and you know, like Meek Mill say, it's levels, and you know, <laughs> Terrence Crawford's levels, you know. Hey, I, I do want to ask a question that. So, did you have a, so when you first when this fight was announced, did you have issues with this fight even mm-hmm. being done? Anyone, either one of y'all I, can take this. Okay, I'll take this. Um, this is Jermaine here. Mm-hmm. When I first heard about it, I was a little confused because this matchup really came out of nowhere. Um, we didn't hear any rumblings beforehand about him possibly fighting David Avenison, but. When I understood the business aspect and you have BOK Prime, a new platform offering money, versus PBC just having a negotiation with Terrence Crawford. Terrence Crawford took the money, so I couldn't be mad at that. Yeah. So, no, I didn't really have a problem with it because he took the money, and that's a smart business choice. It's a busy fight as well. All right, um, Jermaine, you said that it, you, you said that it was a, a smart business decision, but when we think about Bud Crawford and where he's at in his career, um, most of us, or you know, the common boxing fan, would say he needs to do more to solidify his legacy within the sport. Well, I know that he's been an undisputed champion at 140. Um, do you think that not, you know, that taking this fight and getting the ring rust, opposed to waiting until like April or March and fighting? Um, Earl Spence uh, takes away from his legacy a little bit, or well, what he's trying to establish. I believe it can if he doesn't follow the goal of fighting Arrow. Fighting Dave Avenison is a small blemish, but if he goes out there his next fight and fights someone that we don't care about so much again. I think it will take a hit, but as long as his goal remains the same, I, as long as he gets it done within the next, well, he said, I guess he wants to fight by what, May? 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 Yeah. If he gets that fight, I think we won't even be talking about David Avenesian anymore. As long as that end goal is Errol Spence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all that matters. Hey, Wayne, so Wayne, hey, Wayne, so who is your pound-for-pound pound best fighter in the game in terms of, like, this weight class? Uh, oh, he said this weight class? Yeah, this, weight this, this weight class, yeah, welterweight. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best watch away is Errol Spence. He's okay. put in the most work. Okay, so, so you, he has three of the four major belts. It got to be Errol Spence. Okay, so you're on. So you're you're basically on the resume argument, not the on site. For a lot of people, I'm on the Earl. I'm on the Earl side too. But for a lot of folks, it's more of the when it comes to the, between the two when they compare the two, it's the it's the it's the eye test, right? So their eye test is more because because Bud is super skilled. Like we all can't deny that. Like Bud is super yeah. skilled. But in terms of the resume, Bud has more. Yeah, Bud yeah. has more of the if factor than Errol Spence. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He, yeah. Bud is the best finisher in the game. And Bud has been a champion longer than Errol Spence. Mm-hmm. So I can see why someone would have him as the best welterweight or just a better power-power fighter. But I think, hands down, the best welterweight in the game is Errol Spence. I agree. Well, I want to backtrack to something um, you, you stated a little bit earlier. Um, 
I know that it's the sanctioning body has called for a um for Spence to fight Keith Thurman next, yeah. right? So it's mm-hmm. more it's realistic that we may not get Spence versus Crawford by May. If Spence takes mm-hmm. another, I don't know, some another tune-up fight, mm-hmm. could this push their potential fight out into I don't know, maybe 2024 at the earliest? Lord have mercy. <laughs> I'm hoping that doesn't happen. <laughs> Judging by Errol Smith's track record, Errol Smith doesn't take tune-ups. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even after the eye injury, the car accident, he always takes the toughest challenge. So that would be kind of out of character for Errol Smith. Yeah, I don't see it either. Yeah. I don't see it either. I think Errol will fight a credible opponent. I don't see him fighting up a washed-up guy, a guy that nobody has heard from in years. <laughs> I think Errol will take a credible opponent and give the fans something to look forward to. Mm. I just don't see him fighting okay. a wash at all. That's not in his DNA. Okay, so let me let me let me let me piggyback on that. If Earl isn't fighting Thurman, like who do you who who's and doesn't fight um Bud, who do you have Earl fighting next? Wow. I would go ahead, Mike. Uh I don't see it being Boots. I think okay. Boots is too I think Boots is too risky. But I do like I do like Virgil Ortiz. I mean it makes sense. Texas, two Texas guys. Um Two different type of fan bases. It might be a network issue, but I would love to see I, that. I believe it was a purse bid recently between Stan Jonas and Ortiz. So, so he built up yeah. that purse bid. So it looks like that fight will be taking place. So I guess we can rule out Virgil Ortiz. A lot Ortiz. of limited options at this welterweight division. You know, it's very limited. It's right very now. limited. Um, I'm actually okay with the Thurman fight because this is a fight that should have happened years and years ago when Keith was the main guy in the welterweight division. Actually, Bud and Errol was calling out Keith. Yeah, at one point yeah everybody was chasing Keith Thurman at one point. Yep. So I'm, I'm okay with the Keith Thurman fight. I just don't want it next. I just want Bud versus <laughs> Errol. But if, it, if, it is, you know, if it's Thurman, then I'm okay. Yeah. I think. I mean, I think it could be. I mean, I think it, po- it can possibly be Thurman. The only issue of it for me, it, it being Thurman, is that I'm all for them dissing Thurman. Because th- when, when they were on the low totem pole, Thurman wasn't trying to fight him. And now since they hot, and I'm talking yeah, about both true. of them, now, he want, now he's trying to fight him because he's on the bottom toll of, of, of everything. Now his, his career isn't where it once was. And now he's, he, he, needs, he needs them more than they need him. You know what I mean? So it's like I get, it. like, I get the pettiness. I get the pettiness. I'm, I'm, I'm so for it. I get it. You know what I mean? Like, I get the petty. I'm petty. Yeah. <laughs> I'm petty. I get it. Like, it's I'm like, petty. Then, 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 we were trying to get you. Yeah. We were the, we were the ones that everybody was saying we're the up and coming ones, and we were trying to get you, and you kept saying no. But you, I want Manny. I want Manny. I don't want y'all. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. they don't need you. You went like y'all said. He hasn't been fighting for a while. His name, though. I do. I mean, I respect Thurman's skill. Like I, he was actually at the time like I, one of my favorite welterweights in the game. But at the same time, like yo, your name. There's other names out there. Like. People would rather see see Earl fight Boots than Thurman and me. You know what I mean? Like there are other dudes out there yeah. now in the game that you may rather want to see him fight. So he don't have to fight you. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great point. I think Keith Thurman to me, uh, he's in my stock drop list out of out of any fighter in boxing. He's in my top two stock drop list. I feel like it's really crazy to see where Keith Thurman was and uh-huh. to see where he is now. Um, he's really almost have to beg to try to fight the top guys in this division. So that's a great point that you made. Yeah. Hey, well, this has been dope. Man, we got to get you on for another for another segment uh, down the road. But before we let you go, man, how again, plug your content, man. How can folks catch you on social media? How can they subscribe to the YouTube channel? Everything, man. Instagram, you on Instagram, plug it off. Okay, Adam's Boxing Show on Twitter. YouTube, we're working on building up our Instagram, so we're relatively new to Instagram. We've had it for a little while. We're working on building it up, but definitely, if you want to check us out, 100% Twitter, YouTube, for sure. Yes, indeed, and shout out to all our followers on Twitter and our subscribers on YouTube. Definitely can't do it without y'all, man. Definitely got to thank them for that. Yeah, man, we appreciate y'all. Appreciate you guys for having me. Anytime, appreciate man. You. Anytime, man. We're going to have a box of round table down the road, so I'm going to try to get y'all on for that, too. Okay, definitely. Anytime. Anytime. All right, man. Y'all, y'all, y'all stay blessed, man. Appreciate y'all, man. Stay blessed. Thank you. Thank you. All right, bro. All right. All right. Hey, right. hey, make sure you follow Jermaine and Wayne on Twitter at Adams Show. Again, at Adams Boxing Show. Man, I love talking to, to intelligent boxing fans like or boxing experts. I don't call them fans. They're experts. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. They study the boxing game. They're like Will T, man. They're like our 
resident realty. <laughs> Our resident boxing fan, a boxing expert, will T. Nah, I wouldn't call myself an expert. Hey, bro, I'm just man, a passionate fan. Passion for the what? The sweet, I'm just a passionate fan of the man. sweet science. Sweet science. That's exactly, course. man. You know it. Hey, man, this has been a dope show. Hey, subscribe to our podcast on Spot, on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also, follow us on Twitter at Urban Sports Scene, IG at Urban Sports Scene, and like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Make sure you subscribe to the Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel as well. Hit the red subscribe button. Like the first, second, and third videos you see. It's good for the algorithm, so just keep doing that. Hey, check out the home of the Urban Sports Scene. That's Ampire Media at AmpireMedia.com. And this show can be found on the Podcast DC app. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all of the Ampire shows as well as other great content. Hey, Will, thanks for being on. It's okay. always a pleasure, man. You know, and I just want to say before I, we get out of here, you have been exposed as a fraud and not really a fan of hockey because <laughs> Ovechkin scored. He had a hat trick last night. He did. Scored his 800, eight, 800, 800 goals. I heard on the radio. Um, and you are a fraud because you I didn't, didn't want you didn't want to cover it. No. So all of the fans of Urban Sports hey, Scene, if hey, you ever hey, hear, hey, hold hey, on, hold hey, on, go, go, if go. you ever hear Wole trying to talk about hockey or his love for hockey. Just know it's very fraudulent. Okay. It's 419. Four, oh, 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 and he put the 419 out there. Hey, yo, this old, I already had the outline made up. I didn't want to change it because I had guests coming on. I didn't want to change it. That's the only reason why I mentioned OV's 800 goal. Right. But okay. I will say, like, shout out to Alexander Ovechkin. I think next week we're going to – I'm going to have a topic for him about is he, like, the best – Right, right. In the okay, DMV. yeah, absolutely. Because he deserved that deserves to be in the, to be in the yeah, conversation. One week later, after thirty seven eight- years old and get eight hundred goals, man. Eight hundred to be thirty seven year old and be, get eight hundred goals, man. Right. Only behind uh, uh, Gretzky, Gordy Howe, and Gordy Howe, and, and, and Wayne, Wayne Gretzky. Gretzky. I know, dude. Wow. Okay. And he, I know this, and he got. And he, I think he needs two, and he needs two more goals, two more goals to pass Gordy Howe. Yeah. So I, I know, I know my stuff, bro. So I'm just sure letting you know. Do. I'm just letting you know. But anyway, man, shout out to Alex, Alex the Great, man. One of my favorite, uh, definitely one of my Absolutely, favorite hockey man. players of all time. Probably my second. I like Peter Bondra. I was a big Peter Bondra fan too. But I think that's your that's your hockey bona fides. Yes, you pulling about that yeah. to make yourself seem like you authentic. I'm that dude. <laughs> I am that dude. Don't let Will to, Will T fool you. I'm that dude to come to hockey. Anyway, man, appreciate you all for tuning in. You've been listening to the Urban Sports Scene. You gonna say for ages, huh? For ages, yeah, dig deuces. Hey, Mega, lead us out, big homie. Deuce.